Good morning, afternoon, evening, everybody, and welcome back to Global LPG Conversations, Arcus's podcast, which covers the latest in global LPG market developments. My name is David Appleton. I'm Vice President at Argus Media for LPG. Today, I'm joined again by Kristen Muller, our Principal for Consulting. Hi, Kristen. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you, David. Uh, how are you? Uh, also, also good. Getting a little bit chilly now here in just north of London. Uh, finally, a bit of a late start to the winter, which is a bit topical because we're going to be discussing today um, the winter outlook for LPG. And um, just to kick things off with a little bit of context, the market is what so we're at uh, towards the end of October now is looking quite different to what it was uh, 12 months ago. And unlike most other products, um, the price today is actually lower than it was. If we look back to Asia and Europe, we were looking at high $800, $900 per tonne um, in October, November uh, 2021. Uh, and we've seen quite a lot of volatility since, uh, as we're all aware, we've been through the situation where we saw a bit of a price spike in February, particularly on the back of high crude uh, and the, the invasion of Ukraine and so forth. Um, and But the market has really come down quite a lot of, since, and it's been really volatile. So today you're going to take us through our outlook going forward. But before we do that, can you just briefly take us through how you forecast the price for, for LPG in the short term? Of course. So our starting point is always the crude market because that basically provides the context, the background for all the refined products. Then we look at the naphtha market, and that's because we think about the petrochemical market, in particular those steam cracker operators who can swing between LPG and naphtha is basically the swing demand then um, for LPG. And so, you know, when LPG is relatively cheap compared to naphtha, we would expect those pet chem buyers to be buying LPG, and when naphtha is uh, cheaper than we'd expect those pet chem buyers to prefer naphtha. And then we look at LPG specific factors and you know, there's many potential factors we could be looking about looking at. And those factors may be more or less important depending on what time of year it is or what's driving the market psychology. And we'll get into some of those factors in more detail, I think, later, later in this discussion. So, yeah, okay, let's go get straight to that. So, so regarding the LPG specific practices this is an LPG podcast that's really what people are focused on um yeah w- w- what are those and what do you look at so one of you know, one of the very important ones we look at um is seasonality you know we expect LPG to be valued more highly versus naphtha in the winter months given its role as a heating fuel uh we look at stocks we look at outages we look at new sources of demand which might be opening up such as PDH plants uh, we also will look at the downstream petrochemical sector, any any number of things, but that's that's a sample. Right. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So with LPG, there are of course a lot of different uh, demand sectors and so forth, which I guess can all have an impact on on the market. And then in terms of uh, twenty winter twenty two into um, twenty twenty three, what what are we thinking here? How how are things looking? So. 
there's a lot going on under the surface, but I think if we were to sort of give a high level summary, it's that there's you know, bullish factors in the wider energy market, and those are sort of being blunted by LPG specific factors, with the net result being a forecast, which is a relatively benign LPG price environment for the winter. So in contrast to last winter, you know, as you, as you said, very high LPG prices, we are not expecting uh, to see those prices sort of approaching the four-figure mark again this winter. Okay, and then what specifically the wider energy market is is the cause of this bullishness? So that's really the crude and the natural gas markets, which are you know just bullish for for any energy prices generally. On the crude side, um, OPEC plus members have have not brought all the barrels back to market, which we were anticipating them bringing as they unwound uh, their COVID-related cuts. So that commitment to bring 400,000 barrels a day and additional 400,000 barrels per day each month, those barrels were not entirely brought back to market. Uh, Many producers were falling quite short of their quotas. Uh, And most recently, the group has said that they're actually going to cut that quota. We will see what that's going to mean in practice, because as cutting a quota that you weren't actually meeting may be a bit theoretical, um, but the impact has certainly been more price support for crude. Right. And then uh, what about the gas side then? So, you know, natural gas prices have come off slightly, um, but they still remain, you know, remain relatively quite high. While the exact impact is hard to measure, market impacts tell us that where other products, you know, be it propane, be it crude, can be substituted for natural gas, then people are trying to do that. You know, we've seen, for example, LPG as a refinery fuel increase, you know, certainly uh, here in Europe. And I think you've you've had some feedback from the marketplace as well about that. Yeah, that's certainly true. And uh, we've had a situation both in terms of the uh, refineries, which are now using uh, propane and to some extent butane instead of natural gas for their process, but also for industrial customers who have been looking at this as an alternative, which really is an indicator that there's a feeling in the market that natural gas gas prices might remain high, not just for a few months, but potentially longer term, say two, three, or maybe even five years. Um, and there's uh, potentially this idea that you could uh, switch away from natural gas and have propane as uh, a source of your your heating processes and so forth, possibly as a primary source, but potentially um, as a backup when you have this situation with high prices of natural gas. And therefore, if you've got the propane infrastructure, you've got a hedge that you can uh, use there. So in the broader picture, though, at the moment, you, what we're seeing and uh, what you're saying here is we've got these high crude prices due to the cuts from OPEC in particular and the the, the shorter market there. And obviously this situation that we've never seen before in uh, record high natural gas prices in recent months. Um, but we aren't seeing that in LPG. So why not? What's going on there? So first I'll focus on the naphtha, on the naphtha market um, and then sort of the LPG specific factors. So for those who have been those of us who've been watching the crude and natural gas markets, you know, we may have th- thought that those were you know the wildest markets around. Uh, but actually the, the naphtha market has been giving them a run for, for their money. So this time last year, naphtha prices were relatively high compared to crude. They're trading at a premium to crude for much of the second half of this year. That's 
one unusual um, and it was unusual for them to sustain that premium for as long as they did. Come the start of 2022, those naphtha values plunged and they're only slowly recovering now. So, you know, in the middle of this year, the naphtha crack, which is essentially the difference between the naphtha price and the crude price, was the lowest uh, it's ever been. Um, and it, it still remains really, really very low. Um, that price collapse was the consequence of high refinery runs, um, and that was driven by the high demand for diesel and gasoline. If you've been following that, you know that inventories of those products have been really, really run down. The refinery runs as a con um, producing the diesel and the gasoline that everybody wanted also produced far more naphtha that can be used in naphtha's main end sectors. So in particular, as a gasoline blending stock and petrochemicals, uh, you know, that 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 subject is probably the, you know, enough for its its own podcast, uh, but but not this podcast. Right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stick to LPG or LPG uh, people, but I, I'm sure our colleagues in the, uh, the products teams have been looking at this and reporting on it and, and have been reporting podcasts on the this, this topic. So anyway, headline for, for us in LPG that it's just been very, very weak and that's, that's having an impact. Yeah. And so. You know, that's been one factor which has definitely been keeping the price pressure on LPG low, but then the LPG specific factors. So I'm just going to couple um, focus rather on a couple of those. So first, as I just mentioned, the pet chem sector. So the pet chem sector, you know, can only take so much naphtha at the moment. And downstream pet chem margins are really very weak. And that's also uh, impacting demand for propane and butane. We are seeing lower utilization rates from pet chem operators, extended maintenance, uh, some plants which we had expected to come online in the near term uh, are being pushed out farther into the forecast period. So, you know, some things that we thought were going to come online in the latter half of 22, we're now seeing into 2023, maybe even later. Right, that, that makes sense. And then obviously you're talking about utilization rates uh, as well. And then obviously the other thing that's really important to uh, LPG and specifically, of course, propane is uh, PDH, so putting the, the NAPTA economics aside. Um, I assume that's really one of the big drivers there as well. Uh, you know, it absolutely is. When we're sort of looking at our the balance that we expect to see uh, in 2022, 2023, so much of the increase in demand that we expect to see in those years is driven by the PDH sector and specifically driven by China's PDH sector. And you know, I think that's actually an, ar a, an area of the markets that area of the market that Argus has a really good handle on. And you know, our team, you know, in China you know, is speaking to the players in that market every day. And it's been really noticeable sort of over the course of the year in conversation with them how you know, you know that story about the weakness in the pet chem margins, how that's flowing through to lower utilization rates, how that is flowing through to the build schedule. You know, you're you're definitely seeing an impact, you know, in the Chinese right. uh, PDH market, and that's having a big impact on the balance and the and the price. Yeah, ab absolutely. And I think that there's, uh, I think it's reasonable to say that as long as China continues with its zero COVID policy and that it has an impact on the industrial complex within China 
in terms of the uh, the ability to to get products out smoothly and re rely on it effectively as a, a factory for, for more derivatives, then we're going to see um, some hesitation in in those op in, in using it, and those margins become uh, negative and operations rates and so forth. And um, I guess in terms of forecasting, it's really hard to know when that's going to change because it's dependent largely on uh, government policy. It has nothing to do with LPG. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so OK, um, just moving it maybe a bit to the supply side and away from the pet chem sector. Um, if you can just give us one more factor among the things that you're looking at that's been important, what would that be at this point? So, you know, one of the things that we point to when we think about how strong prices were at this time last year was the position of U.S. stocks. Um, last year, the market was really concerned about it. So particularly in the early months of the winter, stocks were you know, below the five-year range. You know, people were really concerned that a cold snap or a market disruption would see competition for you know, those limited stocks soar. And this year, we're really we've moved into a much better position. So stocks are continuing to build. Uh, at this point, um, they're almost about 20% higher than they were. Um, you know, it is at the same time last year. Uh, production growth has can is it out, outpaced exports, and so that's given uh, the stocks a chance to rebuild. But you know, stock, U.S. stocks are are one piece of the overall stock story. Um, so. Do you think market participants are sort of similarly lax about stocks further down the LPG value chain? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And actually, this is where I think we return to a topic that we had covered an earlier podcast with uh, editor Peter Walton is the situation in inland Europe. Um, because uh, when I read into all the factors you're talking about there, they're all effectively connected to the global seaborne market where it appears that this combination of uh, relatively high availability and then also uh, lower demand, particularly from Asia, has led to to a glut in these lower lower prices. If you go into inland Europe, of course, that's a, a different situation because um, we have these refineries which are using LPG uh, as in uh, internally. Um, you also have, particularly in Eastern Europe, um, a situation where uh, getting product from Russia in particular is more complex, still legal, but more uh, complex. And you have some players who are not willing to take that. So you have shorts going into to Central Europe and uh, they need to be covered by anything that's coming in, particularly from the US. Um, and there simply isn't the capacity to push enough through the terminals. And consequently, there really is a situation where uh, there's a lot of concern about where we'll end up later on in the winter in those markets because of basically a bottleneck at the the gates of the European market in particular. So that's a big concern that could end up pushing prices or premiums for inland uh, for the inland market very high. Of course, so far, we're here to get towards the end of October, we've had a late start to winter, which I think normally, uh, if you're a distributor, obviously you want to see people using your product. It's not necessarily great to talk about warm weather and so forth, but I think there are quite a lot of uh, market players who would actually rather see less uh, stress on the system this year uh, because of that situation. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how, how it goes and definitely we'll revisit this topic uh, going forward on, in our podcast and um, other uh, stuff we put out there. Yeah, I, th I think that fingers crossed for a warm winter is also uh, something that the natural gas markets are are hoping for. Yeah, yeah, true. OK, great. I think we'll wrap up there. So thank you very much, uh, Chris. Thank you, David.
it's been great and uh and thank you listeners do get in touch if you have any uh comments or feedback for us uh, and uh, as ever we'll see you at the the next episode thank you very much <laughs>